Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Got a different kind of episode coming up this time. I'm just going to be venting. I got a lot to say about the NBA and a lot of things I just need to get off my chest. Before I do that, you guys know the rules. Drop the beat. Let's get to it. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to the Mind of Mike J podcast. And I am kind of in the middle of a crisis right now. Uh, Well, maybe I'm being a little bit dramatic. But what happens is I was so sure that the Cavs were going to get swept this week that I was planning on making I was plan I was planning on making this week's episode about about uh, basically a recap of the NBA Finals because I was pretty sure it was going to be over Friday. And then we're on to Game 5. So I had to kind of come up with uh, some new subject material at the last second because I basically put all my eggs in one basket with the Finals. So what I decided to title this week's episode is the There's Nothing Wrong With The NBA, You Just Like Complaining. And the reason why I say that is because, for whatever reason, more so than in any other sport, I seem to just find NBA top NBA discussions in general to just be a really frustrating thing to do. For whatever reason, objectivity is damn near lost when it comes to talking basketball. It, it's You kind of get that with football. You kind of get that with baseball and everything else. It is damn near lost when you get to talking about basketball. And let me explain. We, I've, There's really no way for me to put it. NBA fans in general are just miserable people. Like, it just seems like folks are always complaining about, oh, man, all these super teams... Oh, the, the basketball is so so soft. It's the skinny genification of the NBA. Oh, these these bronze sexuals and their and their their love for LeBron and they think he's better than MJ. Oh, these one and duds. It's like there's always people complaining about something. And look, it's it's you're right. You can do what you want to do. I'm just saying what what frustrates me is just some of the some of the logic that I there's really no quicker way for me to get pissed off than when I just hear people saying illogical irrational stuff like for example this this, and so I'm just gonna I just gotta vent on some of this stuff this whole super team thing I and some of you guys that are that I'm Facebook friends with on my on my on my personal account I, I asked this question and originally like no one responded to it, and I was kind of disappointed, but it kind of, I feel like, proved my point. The question I was asking was, can we define what a super team is? Because I keep hearing, within the last few years, you hear this term thrown out a lot. It's like the super team. Oh, there's there's these super teams, and they're ruining the NBA. And, well, I don't necessarily disagree that there are some teams that seem a little bit disproportionately talented, 
for the sake of having the conversation, I would just like people to define what a super team is. I, I think that's fair. And it doesn't seem like there's really anybody that can do that. The now me, now, me personally, I don't use the term super team, so I don't even really have a concrete definition. I think the closest thing I can, excuse me, that I can come up with is if you have two, to me, if you have two players who are first team all NBA kind of talent, they've either won the award or they have the or they, they, you know, they have the accolades to get up there. Usually, if you see two guys that are first-team All NBA type players, I feel like that should be a, that constitutes a super team to me. It's really to me that the All NBA first team should have five different should have the stars five different star players from five different teams. I feel like if you have a guy that's that talented. You shouldn't have. They they shouldn't be guys like that. Shouldn't be teaming up. Which, which what teams would that apply to? I mean, obviously, obviously, you got the the Golden State Warriors now. You have the Miami. You have LeBron's Miami Heat team. And see, a lot of people call the Cavs the super team. By my definition. The Cavs are not a super team, and I, that might that might piss some of y'all off. I just, I mean, I'm just saying it's it's not really a super team to me. They have a 17. Yeah, okay, thank thank you. They have a they have a 17 percent win percentage. The Cavaliers do when LeBron doesn't play since he's gotten there, since he's been there for the last three years. They've won 17% of their games when LeBron doesn't play. If Cleveland was this awesome, this great, awesome, super team, don't y'all think they'd be a little bit better than 17% of their... They'd be able to win more than 17% of their games without one guy? I just think that makes sense. I could be wrong. Now, again, I will concede... The Miami LeBron's Miami team was a super team. Wade, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, 2010. Those guys, those were those are all NBA first team guys. I mean, those those are those are two of the top five players in the league on one team. So I'll give you that. But y'all give Chris Bosch way too much credit. LeBron made excuse me, Chris Bosch made one all NBA team his entire career. That's just not a superstar to me. I'm, I'm sorry that 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 doesn't that doesn't scream any any kind of superstar player at all. Chris Boss was a good player. I wouldn't call him a great player. I would not call him a superstar. And what's funny is the people that say a lot of the people that like to you know gas up the that Miami team. And throw out, you know, that Chris Bosch was an eleven-time All Star. Will also are also the people that say that the Eastern Conference is weak, and that's why this. That's why LeBron haters. That's why dudes that hate LeBron killed me. You say they'll say that the Eastern Conference is weak, but then throw out how many All Star appearances LeBron's teammates have. 
if the East is so bad, being an all-star in the Eastern Conference shouldn't be impressive. So why do y'all keep throwing that out? That's what I don't get. If the East is so bad, why do we then say, well, they're a super team because they have all these all-stars? Now, all-NBA, I'll give you that. I'll give you all-NBA because if you're on an all-NBA team, that means you're in the top 10, 15. You're, you're one of the top 15 players in the league. Again, Chris Bosh made one, his entire career, he made one All-NBA team in 2007. None with Miami. He made one in 2007. But apparently he's a, he's this, he was this great superstar that I, I don't know where y'all are getting that from. But it's, like I said, I would just like to see someone define what a super team is is and we just use that definition consistently moving forward when we have these conversations the other thing that i mean i'm and i just like looking at things from both sides look at the benefits of there to me there are benefits to having super teams because what you what you will say is what we saw in game 4 look at what we look at the offensive displays that we're seeing in, in the NBA in NBA in an NBA finals game we're seeing teams score 120 130 points 24 threes or whatever the ridiculous amount of three-pointers that Cleveland hit on in game four you're again like I said by my definition Cleveland is not a super team but a lot of other people will say that but again just throwing it out there look look at what we're seeing Look at the offensive display that we're seeing. That's entertaining basketball. I don't care what y'all say. To see that to see that many points scored in a game, that kind of display. I mean, I I like seeing that. I think it's entertaining. I guess not for other people, but I I think it's entertaining. And this year, last year when we saw the 3-1 deficit erased, if it, if without a only a super team could pull that off, with a, a non super team would probably would probably just roll over and die. And if we, I I don't think we will. But if we see Cleveland somehow come back from an zero and three deficit, it will be because they are a quote unquote by y'all's definition a super team and I don't care what y'all say the that would be that would be entertaining to watch to see a team down 0-3 and and manage to still bring it to a game 7 I, I, I would want to see it if it's possible I'd like to I would just like to see that unfold I don't really care who wins the series but to see it go to 7 at this point, that would just be interesting to see. Great teams are are to an extent fun. Once you get over the once you get over the butt hurt about the lack of competition, great teams can be fun to watch. The reason why I say that is because in college, you hear it all the time. Well, there's no great teams this year. 
every time there's not a team running train on everybody at the college level, analysts complain. People say, oh, there's no there's no great teams in college. We want to see, we don't want to see, we want to see competition. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, we do, there is a level of appreciation, or there should be a level of appreciation for teams that are just better than everybody. Sometimes you see that, and I think we, and I think you should, we should spend more time appreciating it while we have the opportunity. I might be alone on that, but that's that's just me. Like I said, hopefully it goes to seven, which brings me to my next point. Why are we still talking about games being rigged? Now we're we're we're, we're bringing that's coming up again. Now we got people saying, well. And it's the game's fixed again. Here's the thing, and ESPN, I was disappointed. I was very disappointed in ESPN for perpetuating this because they put out this article last week talking about how much money the Warriors would stand to lose if they swept Cleveland because they could go back home and sell a whole bunch of tickets and make like another twenty-two million dollars in gross revenue just selling tickets. ESPN didn't directly see I, I was disappointed I didn't like it because ESPN wasn't directly implying that that the that the the NBA or the teams involved would intentionally try to extend would in, intentionally try to extend a series for some kind of monetary gain. But that's, to me, they were implying it. To me, you're implying it when you say, well, you know, the Warriors could stand to lose a bunch of money if they don't go to Game 5, so we're just going to float this out there and have let y'all run with it. To me, what, what, what else is the point of bringing that up? And you know, there's some, I, I haven't seen anyone, but you know, there's some people out there that probably run with it and go, see, look, look. Even they're admitting it. It's it's fixed. Golden State wants to go back to Game Five so they can sell tickets. Here's the flaw with that argument. If it was about extending series and selling tickets, why would Golden State wait till the finals when everything's on the line to do that? Why did they sweep everybody before? Why didn't they? Why why were they not trying to extend the series in the first three? What happened in the first three rounds? Why are they not extending the series then? You know you're better than everybody else. You know you can afford to play with them a little bit. Why not? This is how stupid the logic is. But people are just going to keep saying it. So, you know, whatever. I it's At this point, I've made my position very clear on why the rigging game thing is ridiculous. But, you know, like I said, people are just going to keep on saying it regardless. Another thing I need to address is all these LeBron versus Michael Jordan discussions that we love to have around this time of year, every single year. It's just become like in it's almost become like an annual event. It's like a sideshow. You got the NBA finals and then every single day, depending on how the game goes, we got a new LeBron versus MJ comparison to make. And it's and it's interesting to me because 
LeBron James has to be the most polarizing athlete of all time. I, I literally can't think of anybody else that... I can't think of anyone else that has really... has That has really just set people on one side or another. There's like literally no neutral... There's like nobody that watches basketball is neutral when it comes to LeBron. And you, you either got... You either got people that are fans, or you got people that hate his guts. Seriously, are there any other athletes? Can can anybody think of any other athlete that has really, that really like jerks at people's emotions like that? I mean, LeBron hate, hate for LeBron has become a, an industry. It literally is. You watch guys like. You guys, you watch some of these analysts. I don't know if anyone watches the Fox News shows, like Colin Cow, the Herd with Colin Cowherd and Jason Whitlock and those guys. They got this guy named Nick Wright on there. Some of y'all know who I'm talking about. I have never seen Nick. Nick doesn't show up for any other topic other than when they're talking about when they're. It's he only shows up for the LeBron centric topics. I think I really think this dude is paid to just get up and talk about and be like a pro LeBron guy. And there's an army of them. It's him, Brian Winhorst, who's like I guess a Cleve he's like a, a Cleveland he's supposed to be like a Cleveland sports guy, but really he just talks about LeBron all day. Um Chris Broussard it's like it's like these he's like these guys are like professional LeBron debaters. Like where was the job application for that? I could I could do that. But and that's what I'm saying. Like what other you see other teams, there are guys that just get up and talk about the Cowboys all day come football season. There are guys that you know, you, you can you can you you can hate and discuss and bring up whole t- like that's the Cowboys are like that for football the Patriots are kind of too but it's the whole team that we have discussions about not one guy there is not one guy in baseball that is just the face of the NBA and and you consistently every night can have a discussion about just about any it's just about anything really there's nobody in football that consistently can spark this much conversation over and over and over and over and over again. They talk about LeBron on ESPN and Fox every single day. Now, granted, some of that is the time of year that we're in. There's not really a whole lot else going on. But literally, what other athlete is there that we can do this with? It's just interesting to me. And I love a good LeBron versus MJ debate. And I feel like I've made my position very clear. And if I haven't before, I'm just going to go ahead and clarify now. I think Michael Jordan has had the most impressive career. The more impressive career. When we talk about how many rings, how many MVPs, um... What all these scoring averages, all defensive team. We're talking about career accomplishments. I think 
when you when you take the career resume, it's the it's the most impressive of pretty much anyone we're gonna see. But I have said this. Play just just talking about basketball ability, I think it's a I think it's a wash. And I've even given the slight edge to LeBron. If you had to pick think about it this way. If you were if you were building a team, but you had no control over anything other than you got to pick one guy and you had no control over anything else. You get to pick one guy to be on your team to start this team with. Everything else is going to get randomized. Like literally like shuffling a deck of cards. You just plop out. You could end up with any combination of players, any combination of coaches. Who are you who would you go with? To me, if I I feel like to me if I if I got LeBron and Jordan, obviously two of the greatest players we're ever going to see. I feel like if I got LeBron, I feel like there's more I I might be in a better position to win than than if you give me Jordan. I feel like if I have Michael Jordan, I'm going to need I don't think I can just put Michael Jordan with any combination of dudes and have a and be successful. I feel like there's more of a chance if you give me LeBron that I, you can you can give me a bum coach, you can give me a bunch of you can give me a bunch of sh- shooters and no center, you can give me a bunch of centers and no guards, you can give me just a bunch of bums cuz cuz say what you want, LeBron has proven that he can win with bum players. He didn't win a championship with bum players, but he was still successful. Still was best record in the league. Still was able to make a finals with guys that, with guys in his starting lineup that probably couldn't even make a roster on some of the other more competitive teams. So, that's the only thing I've ever said that even sounds like LeBron being better than Jordan. So I want to make that very clear. I just, I take a very pro-LeBron stance a lot of times because I hate, I don't mind if you think Michael Jordan is better. I think career-wise, even though LeBron's is still going, you know, we're, we're comparing LeBron mid-career to Michael Jordan's whole career, but I don't have a problem with where you stand. I love a good LeBron versus Michael Jordan debate. I just wish people would start telling the truth stop making stuff up or using stuff that's not compatible like for example or quantifiable like for example people say well LeBron LeBron couldn't handle the physicality of, of the 1990s first of all first of all looking back on it the most cons the all nba most every all nba defensive team had scotty pippen or dennis rodman on it at the forward spot same position lebron plays i have a hard time believing that a guy like scotty pippen or dennis rodman that lebron who weighs 260 pounds solid muscle would not be able to handle the physicality of a guy like scotty pippen who weighs 220 like, 
from uh, from a physics standpoint, that doesn't make sense. And the and everyone keeps throwing out this. Well, and I and I, and I see this a lot. I, I shouldn't say everyone, but I see this a lot. I keep seeing people throw out. Well, the '90s was real defense, and and now you can't play defense anymore. And it was physical back then. And it was. This is why I say the NBA fans are miserable people. When the Bad Boy Pistons, the Bad Boy Pistons started that kind of basketball, just hacking the crap out of people for no reason. The Bad Boy Pistons in their day were hated. Everyone hated the Pistons. Nobody liked the Pistons back then. People said they were bad for basketball. They were all over the news. They were. It was thrown out there. They were in the headlines. There were folks saying they were ruining the sport. And they were trying to injure people. It was Everyone hated that kind of basketball back then. So let's not act like now all of a sudden we're going to go back and say that it's this, oh, it was great and wonderful and we love basketball like that. No, you didn't. No, y'all didn't. You hated it. You hated, everyone hated the Pistons for the way that they played. So I don't want to hear it. And Michael Jordan got some of the worst calls I've ever seen. Let's not act like he didn't. And anyone that wants to dispute me on that, I will show you the highlights. That is a load of garbage that y'all are going to sit there and act like Michael Jordan. LeBron James gets all these phantom calls and Michael Jordan didn't. That's every superstar in history. And Michael Jordan was probably worse. Please dispute me on that because I'll show you the evidence. That's ridiculous. And that's why it gets on my nerves. It, it's it's just annoying to me. Now, I will say, I will say that when LeBron went to Miami, it was pretty much unheard of for the best guy in the league to leave his team in free agency and go somewhere. That was unheard of. It was, it was, it was, I will say that was the first time I had really seen anything like that. That move was a little weird. But I think, I think, I think we've been so, people get so caught up with that that we just ignore what we're seeing from him as a player. I thought Kevin Durant going to Golden State was kind of weird, but I'm not going to stand and act like the dude can't play. I'm still going to acknowledge what I'm seeing on the court. He's been unstoppable in the finals so far. So, you know, it is what it is. But I just I like I said, I I enjoy a good I enjoy good discussion. We can go all day. If anybody wants to, de- if anybody wants to debate me on, I'm gonna put it out there right here, right now. I didn't even plan on doing this, but I'm gonna say it. If anybody wants to, wants to debate LeBron versus MJ at any time, anywhere, y'all know I'm there. We can call in. We can call in. We'll do a whole podcast episode on it. But if you're gonna do it, be prepared to tell the truth. Because, like I said, I I don't think I don't think LeBron has had a better career than Michael Jordan has, not to this point. But what I won't do is let people keep throwing out stuff that doesn't make sense. To be honest, the majority of people that hate LeBron are old dudes 
and and Kobe fans that feel like Kobe got overshadowed by LeBron as these last few years, so they gotta throw shade. Kobe fans say stuff like, "Well, the Kobe's better than LeBron because LeBron don't have that killer instinct." Stupid stuff, stuff you can't even you can't quant. What what is that? What is what is killer instinct? What is this? What are you talking about? That's not even something you can quantify. It's just a phrase you made up. That's what I'm saying. Oh man, Kobe fans are the worst. But I'm getting off topic. The the other less real thing I want to address is and I and I kind of was touching on it before, and I'm going to get back to it. What is this obsession we have with ninety with basketball in the '90s? All you old folks, because nobody my age should be talking about '90s basketball. We were all we were all dang on five, ten years old when that stuff was going on. You didn't know what the heck was going on back then. I mean, yeah, you can go back and watch highlights, but I mean, you don't, you, you can't have a real appreciation for 90s basketball because you weren't watching it like that back then. Early 2000s, I'll give you. But all you old people, what's this, what's this obsession with, with the 90s? Like I said, I keep hearing, I keep hearing that real defense was played in the 90s and and there's no defense being played now because apparently just apparently the hand checking rule has is solely responsible for that for those of you that don't know um hand check uh, a hand check in basketball basically was basically it it was it was when you were as a defender Decades ago, you were allowed to take your arm or your hand and and use it to kind of push or steer an offensive player off their course when they were either driving or trying to make a move. As of recently, you can't do that anymore. So, so what it has done is made it almost impossible to stay in front of and stay in front of guys that are that are quick with the ball. Your Kyrie Irvings, your Russell Westbrooks, your John Walls, James Hardens. Guys like that are almost impossible to stay in front of without hand checking. But apparently, according to the NBA Court of Public Opinion, that was hand checking was real defense. What I don't hear anybody talking about, however, is is the zone defense is the zone defense rule? It's because if we're gonna if we're gonna bring up if we're gonna bring up rule changes, you got to talk about zone defense. When what I'm referring to is right around the early 2000s, just before the 2002 season. Of the NBA basically took away their illegal defense rule. So where now the only thing you can really get a violent back then what nobody really talks about is prior to prior to the early 2000s it was it was considered you had to defend man to man in a certain way you couldn't play but so far off your off your man or else it was a technical foul so what you saw in the 90s is guys like Michael Jordan being able to post their man up 
And that's what a lot of people did. If you had a dominant offensive player like that, they would just they would just have him post up his defender and run everybody to the other side of the court. And as a defender, you knew what was going on, but you had to you had to stay with your man. And it would be and the only way you could you can stop it is you had to come with a hard double team. I mean, you had to be either cuz now what you, and and if you watch the games, you'll see it. Now what guys do is they do this little halfway thing where they're kind of sort of defending they're kind of sort of defending the guy in the post, but they're also they're also kind of playing the passing lane too, or they're also kind of playing their man as well. Or you'll have some guys that won't guard their man at all. They'll just hang out in the paint all day. How y'all think Russell Westbrook got all them triple doubles? Go back and look. Russell Westbrook would just leave his man wide open and just stand near the paint and collect rebounds. You couldn't defend like that in the 90s. You had to stay with your man. So what you would see is crazy stuff. Like if another team had a shot blocker, when the when the shot blocker would be on D, the offense would have the the offense would have his man just stand at half court to draw out the to draw out the the shot blockers. Now, the, now I'm speaking on a very extreme situation. That wasn't every game. But when you, when it came playoff time and people had to start making moves and doing extreme stuff to take advantage of matchups, you would see crap like that. So, the only thing I want to but nobody brings that, but nobody brings up how that's how that's made a difference. The only point I'm trying to make is the NBA evolves. I think it's ridiculous for people to act like one, it, it drives me crazy when people say one was better than the other. That's just your personal preference. And you're allowed to have personal preferences. But people speak as if it's factual. Or if it's got some kind of... Or there's some kind of... Um, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Where people act like there's some kind of just... General consensus that... That today's basketball just isn't just isn't the same quality and I just don't agree with that standpoint like I said if, if feel free to disagree with me on anything that I've said but some of this stuff just doesn't some of this stuff just doesn't make sense at all and I just see it all the time and it just bothers me like again when I say and I guarantee I guarantee you going back to my point where I say NBA fans are miserable people I guarantee you if it had been the other way around, I guarantee you if you couldn't hand check in the 90s and and that and that was a rule, if you couldn't hand check in the 90s and they took the rule away and now it was and it was, if it was the other way around and now you could hand check, people would say people would say it wasn't real defense. Oh, Le- LeBron got to hold his man. You had to play real deep. You couldn't do that back in the 90s. That was real defense. I guarantee that's what y'all would say. Like, you couldn't... How? Here's the other thing. How many guys were good defenders back then because they could hand check? How, how, how many guys were only able to play D because of, because of that and probably would be completely lost now? 
I'm just saying you have to you have to be objective but it just seems like objectivity is just lost on people and I just and I just don't understand it like I said feel free to disagree feel free to throw out your opinions on anything I'm saying I like I said I'm really just kind of putting this together last second because I really all week had been prepared for a for a sweep in the finals and I thought I'd be up here talking about that but obviously that's been delayed for a few days uh, before we go I have to hand out I did not forget I have to hand out the L of the week this week and this time I'm going with Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers who has been almost completely absent. We finally found him in game four. I don't know where this dude was the first three games. Tristan Thompson got out. Tristan Thompson, who is supposed to be the Cleveland Cavaliers' best rebounder, who is supposed to be, who basically never leaves the paint, who is basically there to rebound, who just got paid a pretty generous amount of money over the summer had less rebounds through the first three games than Steph Curry than Steph Curry's game three total. Steph Curry in one game out-rebounded Tristan Thompson's three-game rebound total. You should be ashamed of yourself. And you're part of the reason why Cleveland's down. I'm not trying to put everything on him. I would never put a 20-point whooping on one person. But that looks pretty bad, and I don't feel like anybody's talking about it. Because you know how NBA folks are. It's it's Everything's LeBron's fault. So, you know, it is what it is. But, again, that's all I got for this week. I really appreciate everybody listening. Hopefully, I'll be able to come back and actually do the finals next week. I appreciate everybody listening. Y'all have a good week. Mind the Mike J Podcast, signing off.